Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by conservative commentator Bruno Barron, Democrat Dan Johnson, Republican Chris Veronis, and in our second hour, Dan Webb, who is a volunteer uh, for No Labels. And we'll be talking about that in hour number two. Uh, Dan Webb, of course, is one of the leading attorneys in the United States, longtime Republican, and he thinks it's time for a No Labels effort or at least an opportunity for people to vote. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the broadcast. Uh, we are coming to you from our home base at AM 560 WYND in Elk Grove Village. That's just a stone's throw from Chicago. Our phone lines open at 1 800 723 800-723-8289. We've got a full guest. I'm looking at three guests this evening across from me, so it's nice to have you all in studio. And uh, I want to begin by asking the question, uh, uh, you know, we, we there has been so much discussion of uh, the need for uh, improvement and reform of the American immigration system. And again, it clearly is a problem that the Democrats have had. And uh, it seems to me that President Biden and the Democrats are now realizing that they better do something or else they're going to be hit over the head with it big time, which they probably will anyway. But now Donald Trump has, and, and again, there's been negotiations between the Senate and the White House to come up with a plan that they can pass through the Senate. And Donald Trump has now said that he does not like that, does not want this to happen. And the Speaker Mike Johnson has said, He's not going to even bring it up in the House. And McConnell, too. And McConnell, too. So my question, although he's <clears throat> he's sort of a, a Mitch come lately to that issue. My question to you, I'm going to start with you, Chris Veronis, because you're the closest thing to a card-carrying Republican that we have this evening. My question to you is, um, do you want this new bipartisan package, or do you want it as an issue? Yeah, it's um, um complicated reaction. Uh, one is... Um, I generally don't like for the Republican Party to roll over on any whim that Donald Trump has. Um, That's kind of what's happening here. On the other hand, I would like a deal to happen because I would like it to be laid bare that Joe Biden has no intention of enforcing the border whatsoever. And this would be the latest proof positive of that. Well, he he says that he has said that he needs this yeah. to and, enforce and, the border. Bruce, that's ridiculous because there's some kind of provision in there about uh, that the border would be closed if there's crossings exceed 5,000. He could do that right now. Right. He does not want to do it because this issue has elevated. Um, it's become so important in the Democratic Party. It's like abortion or affirmative action. He will not cross his base. I want to go to Dan. Therefore, John- he will not enforce the border. I want to go to Dan Johnson and get your. He's our Democrat, and to get your uh, opinion of uh, what's happening here on this issue uh, in the U.S. Senate. I th- I hope that enough elected Republicans say, "Well, maybe Donald Trump will be the nominee. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be the next president. Maybe he won't." But in any event, we're here to make things better, and pass some bipartisan package. Democrats typically like to do that. Joe Biden and 
It's been very good at passing bipartisan legislation. So the notion that in February we shouldn't spend any of 2024 trying to come up with a bipartisan improvement to a broken immigration system because Donald Trump says no is absurd. But Republicans have said that the laws are there now. Joe Biden can do this now. Well, let's, so, so, just a minute. so why should we trust him that if there's a new piece of legislation that he's going to follow the law there? And again, uh, which is, this is part of the debate here, a lot of people really don't know what's in that bill. Well, there isn't a bill yet, but it's also like saying... Well, it's being discussed. It's also like saying you can solve the collapse of Venezuela and hundreds of thousands of formerly middle-class families fleeing their homes because they don't have any economic option. Somehow, hiring more police officers on the Rio Grande is going to stop that fundamental issue Mm -hmm. is absurd. Bruno Barron joins us. He's a conservative commentator. You never quite know where he's coming down on the issue, but uh, you generally (laughs) favor legal immigration I, I i generally favor legal immigration what about this what about this alleged legislation well, again what, what's so sad about what this nation has become you got two smart guys chris and uh dan here and they're arguing their party's case both of them effectively and it it could be true that the republicans are playing a game here and letting donald trump you know, manage the process by which Joe Biden does or doesn't get a win on an issue. It could also be true that no one knows what's in this bill. It could also be true that the bill is nonsense. This is the problem we're living with today when you have a a media that won't report news, when you have two different crazy sides, both, you know, kowtowing to their own craziest, nuttiest people, and and no no one is capable of telling the truth about anything. Um, what what should happen here is that if there's a bill that improves things on the border, uh, it should it should get put forth and voted on. And we shouldn't do it because it may or may not uh, help or hurt Donald Trump uh, in in any event. So I'm I'm kind of why in the middle he, on this why, issue. Why, why why do you think he weighed in on this, Chris? Because again, he probably could have kept his mouth shut. Hard you're, to do. You're talking about Joe Biden. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Donald Trump. Why, why could he not whisper this to members of the Republican Party as opposed to making an announcement about it? Because um, when he makes the, the announcement, it looks like he's you know everybody's kowtowing to him. This was um, one among three issues that propelled Donald Trump to the presidency. Yeah, he knows that. Um, but even beyond the bluster, there is some uh, credit that's owed to Donald Trump because he fundamentally changed the facts on the ground. Before the narrative always was, we need a comprehensive bill to fix everything, mm-hmm. and 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 then once that happens, then we can enforce the border. He did that on his own. Dan, do you agree with that? Fundamentally changed. I was just reading the up the the data. There's like a million one or a million two uh, deportations in the last uh, two years under Biden. There were like half a million under Trump. Um, if you want, like the asylum process is broken because it's taking years to get a case heard. If you want to hire more judges, do you, you believe need that more Donald Trump? You do you that. believe that Donald Trump made things better? Yes or no? No, I I think he deserves credit for okay. like injecting his for recognizing there's a constituency that really doesn't like immigration, and he rode that constituency partially to win the 16 primary. Chris is right. There is a constituency that doesn't like legal immigration either, and he tapped into that. 
Well, but, uh, I, I like legal immigration, but I think that one, one of the things that convinced me and just in the years of Trump's president, the four years of Trump's, Trump's presidency is that I don't think you can have an immigration system if you don't have a secure border. You need okay. to have, you know, it's like it's like a, a, a tall wall, a tall and effective wall with a wide open gate that and the gate should be able to be closed and opened at the discretion of the the consent of the governed of the people. And, you know, I don't mean to go too far afield or, or go far outside of this issue, but the fact is that if you look at what's going on in the country right now and... Hang on a second. Tell us what's going on in the country, but we do have to break and sell some things. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. <laughs> You're listening to or watching the On the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we can come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Visit SurroundChicago.com and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to visit SurroundChicago.com today. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one -on -one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid, My kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit TalkAboutVaping.org. That's TalkAboutVaping.org. 
brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Beyond the Beltway continues from just outside Chicago, and Bruno Barron was about to make a point during the break, and uh, go ahead. Well, it, it ties it back to the phrase consent of the governed. Um, when liberals win elections, then liberal things are supposed to get done, and when conservatives win elections, then conservative things are supposed to get done. And what we've developed, and you, you've seen this across the West, and it's quite frankly, it's not as bad in the U.S. as it is in Europe, and I follow a lot of the stuff that's going on in Europe right now, too, but you you have you know school districts are insulated from consent of the governed. Um, all kinds of industries are uh, insulated from consent of the governed. And people in this country have wanted to have some level of a controlled border, along with some level of legal immigration, and they can't get it because one party is literally open borders, bring everybody in no matter what, and the other party is nobody can come in because we don't like them. And both of them are messing things up so badly. Um, you know, the, the situation. I work in a situation where uh, we would love to have uh, a bunch of our workers with a bunch of green cards that are actually able to. You know, they've been here for a while, and they're mm -hmm. really, really good workers, and they're they're great additions to America. But they can't they can't get any forward movement because of the immigration issue sitting the way it is, so, and no one can do anything about I it. I agree with you. Go ahead. A, a choice between two extremes is not a choice. But the problem we have now is that open borders is destroying our cities. Those aren't my words. Those are Eric, Adam, Eric Adams' words, right. the mayor of New York. Um, they've instituted 5% budget cuts across the board, um, even public safety. And they've got a case where attrition in their police department is exceeding their hires. They, they've got crisis on top of crisis on top of crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it just goes to show you that there's a line from David Frum, um, like sort of a quasi-conservative commentator. If uh, liberals and progressives don't enforce the border, voters will elect fascists to police the border. All right, but here's, and that's where we are if, right if, now. If I could. Like, yeah. Deportations have never been any higher. But we can't pretend that there isn't collapse of countries in South and Central America. That if it was happening to there, us, no obligation we would the be United flowing. We would be leaving our you, homeland yeah, but, but Dan, to try to get to the best country, Dan, the best economy on earth. So what's happening? I'll, I'll finish my point if I could. Go ahead. So the idea that President Biden just said. Pass a bill to give me some authority, hire more judges, hire more officers, and when there's a surge, I will shut down the border. And people say with a straight face that Democrats are kowtowing to their crazy base that wants open borders. The gap between reality and the spin is enormous, and Donald Trump is the master of spin. And, 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 and President Biden avoids it. I mean, he look he looks at television and says the border is closed. He has said the border is closed. Yeah. His DHS 
secretary. You said the border is closed. Anyone who's got their eyes open knows the damn border is not closed. It is an impossible task. This is the gap between reality and It's an impossible task with a Democratic president. It's a river. I'm not convinced that it's an impossible task. Clearly, there's issues that are going on. Uh, one of the best things that Trump did, and, and I don't pretend to be an expert on every single thing Trump did on the border or everything that's been going on under Biden, but I do know that uh, when when they had this these caravans that were moving to the border and Trump just called up um, the Mexican president remain and said, in Mexico. Uh, remain, here's the policy. Their policy is remain in Mexico. You, you set them up in Mexico, and then when somebody's claiming some kind of asylum, we'll listen to the asylum uh, um, uh, case or not. Uh, depending on how many people we have. And yes, there can be more judges. And yes, there should be ways to create a legal inflow of people. So pass but, the bill. It, it, yeah, but, but improve the system. The one, the one point yeah. I want to make, because I'm, I'm the one that said both, both sides are run by their crazies. The fact of the matter is that when you have the borders as open as they are, and millions of people have come in, well, I don't know whether it's three or six million that have come in since, since Biden's been president, that you can't the fact that there's more deportations doesn't change the fact that clearly no one is really there to enforce the border and then there's the question of the progressive backed progressive money ngos that are literally flooding the countries with advertisements come to south america come to mexico and we'll put you on a bus and we'll take you to the border that's got to stop and 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 don't Try and pretend that that has that that doesn't have anything to do with Biden or the Democrats being the most progressive party they've ever been. That's their policy: Remember, open borders. Biden was the moderate. It's just not true. Like we we have to be truth based. It's just not true. Well, the Democratic where think, policy. Where do, you, where do you think he's wrong? The Demo, for, Biden's a moderate. He beat the progressives in the primary. Number one. <laughs> Number two. The Democratic Party is not the open borders party. That's just not true. When you acknowledge the fact, which I appreciate, there have been more deportations under Biden than under Trump, you can't just say, well, it's an open borders party. You can't say that the human trafficking, which is occurring from South America up to the United States because countries are collapsing, is because of somehow some NGO with progressives. But it's, it's, but That's it's, just not true. I, I, would, I would acknowledge that, there, that, that countries may be collapsing, but we've had a president and we've had an administration that basically has got the green light up. Come, come see us. Yeah. Now again, yeah. recently, ex- recently, Biden has woke up. He's tried to change it now because he knows that you know November is not that far away. But again, for for him, I think also. By the way, this this is something where I think the Republicans may be not accurate in their portrayal. I don't think there are many voters who are going to believe that even if this legislation is passed. I don't think that anybody is going to believe that Joe Biden has suddenly Absolutely switched not. and become Absolutely a, a closed not. border guy. The only thing Joe Biden wants is to say that he got a deal. Yes. That's yeah, it. but the deal That's always it. has he, he'll enormous do, he'll positive zero substance. Enforcement. If and, there's, and, but, but we don't, we don't, when I say we, I mean everybody at this table. And I mean, a lot of people in Washington, they don't even know what this deal is. I no mean, doubt. We, 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 we've True. had last week. We had Ted Cruz of Texas talking about he was going you know, nutty over the fact that 5,000 people a day were going to be allowed into the country. Yeah. And, they, and a lot of Republicans have been parroting that. Today, James Langford, 
the Republican, the chief negotiator on this from the state of Oklahoma, a conservative Republican. He's the guy putting the deal together. And he said everyone is reacting to Internet rumors. Yeah. He, yes. said, he said, and and he laid down some of the some of the things that were in this legislation, and it does in, it does include more border agents. It also includes more border judges, and it does not, according to what he said, and this is important. This is the, what what the Republican negotiator said. It does not include five thousand immigrants a year coming from the United States. The number is. Zero. And keep in mind. That's what he said. And, and so I would say everybody agrees the current status quo is broken. Immigration laws have been updated in 34, 35 years. So the notion that you would be against anything that could pass the House and the Senate, it's bipartisan by definition. That's going to be a significant improvement over what we have today. Opposition to that. Is basically opposition to governance. Bruce. Well, but what about what about the one guy who appears to be doing something about it? And that's the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. He's the one that has nationalized this issue by saying to all the mayors all over the country who've been bragging about how much they love sanctuary cities, he basically said, you know, folks, put up or shut up. I'm going to send you people, and I'm going to let you have the opportunity to do for those people that you say with your mouth you want to help. And yet this past week, the Supreme Court came down against the state of Texas and said, get rid of this Bob Wire. Now, yeah. what would you do? If you, yeah, were, but, if but, you were the but, governor, I'm going to ask you, just Chris, to be clear. If you, go ahead. Just go ahead, to, be, to clear, be clear. That's all the Supreme Court did was to send federal agents to take down that barbed wire. They didn't tell Texas to do anything. So basically, it's um, well, en enforcing the status quo. That's all it's doing. Um, would, you, would you continue to stand up to the federal government if you were the governor of Texas? 100% because there's constitutional and legal basis to do so. And really, if you, um, the logical conclusion of Joe Biden's policy is, if you take it to its conclu logical yep. conclusions, they would federalize the border and send federal agents not to enforce the laws. Right. <laughs> That's basically it. That just tells you how insane this issue is, which Dan is defending, by the way. Um, take down, you mean, what do you you mean what do you, what, take down barbed wire so people fleeing a collapsed Venezuela yeah, but, won't but, get but killed yeah, in a river yeah, or drowned? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you know what? There, I, I'll, I'll take that side. There's I'll no take that legal, side. But, they don't have a legal right to come here. Yeah, and, they, and, absolutely and, of course not. they do. Absolutely not. We have There's an entire no asylum system. One second, folks. One at a time, Bruno and then Dan. Uh, look, I, I keep on wanting to say something about Venezuela, but I, it, it, the better discretion tells me I'm not going to say it. But we, you know, George W. Bush uh, almost had a chance to solve something in Venezuela, but the coup didn't take. And then people are fleeing communism and progressivism, which is what they always flee. But the fact of the matter is that I, if in this deal that we're supposed to have a deal, and this goes for every budget law, this goes for the Inflation Reduction Act. One of the things we need is a Congress that says all these bills are going to be put up where people can read them for two weeks before they're voted on. Right. And, and so much horrible, corrupt, 
industry-led legislation will collapse when everybody gets two weeks. I think that's an excellent idea. 1-800-723-8029. I'm Bruce Dumont. Our guests continue when we roll on from Chicago. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Apparently, Joe Biden is at least dimly aware of political reality. He knows the open border could be his electoral downfall. So he's finally admitted there's a border crisis and claims he needs Republican cooperation to fix it. Good luck with that. Everyone knows former President Trump's brand was build the wall. Pretending otherwise won't cut it. During the 2020 election campaign, candidate Biden actually invited the illegal migration, saying he'd, quote, immediately surge to the border all those people who are seeking asylum, unquote. They took him at his word. And now, according to former Immigration and Customs Enforcement Director Tom Homan, there are almost 100,000 missing children, 440,000 unaccompanied children have entered the country at the service of the cartels, and 112,000 Americans have died from fentanyl. Biden's broken border epiphany is too little, too late. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back. Uh, this is the third segment of Beyond the Beltway this evening. And we're going to take a moment, let each of our guests take a moment to introduce themselves. And we're going to begin with Dan Johnson. Dan, hey, tell Bruce. everybody who you are. Dan Johnson, uh, lobby in the Illinois General Assembly. 
Got a small software company called Juror Search. Father of four, husband of one. Kids are uh, six, eight, ten, and twelve. Wow, six, eight, ten, and twelve. Yeah. And you made your first appearance on this program when you were single? 2000. And you were a big Ralph, Ralph Nader. Nader fan. That's right. where we, that's where we Before first Before I got assimilated in the Borg is my... <laughs> yeah. Right. Before I became one with the party. I love it now. <laughs> Bruno Barron, tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm Bruno Barron. I, uh, I've been a policy analyst, uh, Illinois uh, resident, and uh, following politics for the longest time. I've always been... I've uh, done some political consulting and at a radio show for a little while. Uh, right now, I'm working for a nonprofit. So did Yeah, well, and we're, you know, so I'm working for a nonprofit that does by um, kind of trying to flip a town uh, in the northern suburbs from 70% rental and to uh, 70% ownership by building houses. Right on. Chris Veronis. I'm Chris Veronis. I uh, am a career communications professional, uh, owner of a small firm, ESOP Communications Group, and am two years off on Dan, Dan's record of uh, um, uh, l- longest, uh, yeah. <laughs> l- l- long, he, longest guest. But uh, he brought you along, Dan, and he, we he should did. mention that he did. when you both went to the University of uh, Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, you guys were buddies, and you also we, wrote uh, We had dueling columns. In, in yeah. columns. We had in dueling the columns Daily in the Daily Illini. And I was also on student government, and I defunded all of Dan's environmental all programs. <laughs> all of them. Every I would, I would go yeah. lobby for something, and he'd just put his thumbs down. Like, well, it's nice to have you back, like Caesar. Probably what forty years later. Yeah, thirty-five <laughs> years later. Yeah, yeah, I went to U of I too, yeah. but I'm way older than these two. Good, guys. good to have you. Uh, uh, anyway, I think we we made the point about uh, about Governor Abbott uh, that he he did make a political calculation and and the people scream and yell about what he did but basically he told the uh, the sanctuary city folks to put up or shut up uh, and that includes the sanctuary state people and again for those around the country who may not be following what happens here in Chicago uh, the Democratic mayor of Chicago uh, Brandon Johnson and our governor JB Pritzker they are at odds about how to handle this because yeah. the city has already screwed up significantly in trying to get a uh, some some shelter uh, for the uh, the visiting migrants and uh, the site they pick was was like a waste dump yeah yeah was, and, and the EPA would have gone to cardiac arrest did and, this happen and, and, and can I just add this one thing yeah and I hope Brother Dan doesn't take this as a shot. It's it, coming. It, it's it's more Here it comes. at his movement, at the movement that he cohabitates with. The whole issue Sounds of dirty, Chris. Abbott um, asking migrants, where do you want to go? And sending yeah. them there has exposed the slimy underbelly of the progressive movement yep. and progressive elective leaders mm-hmm. who don't care, as it turns out, about migrants. Uh, exhibit A. What you just said, the mayor of Chicago and the governor of Illinois, um, you take them. No, you take them. No, all right. And 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 the, the mayor of Chicago actually saying, well, the migrants will be outside the city of Chicago. That's a new thing. Yeah. So much for sanctuary cities. Can we leave? So, so much can we for leave Banana Town for a bit. So, so, so much for no human is illegal. Here's what I would one say. Last, one you know, last thing, and then we're one nice thing about Greg Abbott. I mean, thank you because yeah. immigration is America's superpower. And we need more people, especially the smart hustlers that are willing to walk 7,000 miles. So when our economy continues to grow and we've got little Caracas 
in a main area over major cities with amazing restaurants and new businesses, just like Steve Jobs, son of an immigrant, Bruce. fleeing Syria. Where's my, viol will, Where's my are, violin? We are <laughs> lucky that we attract people around well, the world. Why, lucky. Why don't you invite them to Winnetka? Where you live? I'd love yeah. to. We need more people. Yeah, we right. need growth. Yeah. Or we could decline. We could yeah, be like Japan. Right. We could go down the road of population decline. I prefer population growth. Not sure no. what my friends yeah. on the right think, but I like population no, growth. I want to switch gears. I want to switch gears now. The other big story of this past week is that a, uh, a jury uh, in New York uh, said that Donald Trump owes $83 million in defamation, char defamation ruling uh, against Trump in the Eugene, uh, old Eugene Carroll case. Now, my question to you is, as someone who has had a problem with women in the past. You're, you're talking about me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought that me. I don't know who he was going to I just want you to clarify. Your verdict was only $8 million, right, Chris? <laughs> I don't have a binder full of women. No, no, no. Let me reach my question. Yeah, please do. This is about Donald Trump. This is live. This is live radio. It's about Donald Trump. It isn't about Chris Ferroni. Okay. I don't know what you're. For the record, yeah. I don't know what you owe. But but eighty-three million dollars. Is that the issue that people are going to remember when they go to the polls, especially women? They may remember the judgment more than what happened at Mar-a-Lago, what happened on, on January 6th, what happened in all of the other cases that Trump is involved in, that that's the one that maybe the average woman on the street living in suburbia is never going to forget and never forgive. This, this settlement changes nothing about Donald Trump. Um, the die's been cast. The women who have got hard opinion about Donald Trump, not going to change. Um, there is an issue, though. Um, I don't know if this Gene Carroll case is emblematic of it. There is an issue that Donald Trump is playing very politically well, and that is um, overzealous prosecu prosecution. Mm -hmm. Right? People and are that, buying it. That, this is a civil case. Yeah, this is a civil case. But I'm talking about the Alvin Bragg case in New York. I'm talking about the Jack Smith case with the uh, January 6th investigation. Mm -hmm. um, Georgia. And without question, Georgia, which has become a farce. Right. A, a complete farce, where yes. the DA down there hires her boyfriend to uh, um, use his taxpayer money to go on a trip, and he's involved in the case. Um, this is playing into his narrative about weaponizing the judicial system against a candidate that Democrats don't like. Um, okay. So I that that's a serious issue. I don't so know. I don't anybody, know if the settlement any, is. So any, much for the party of law and order. <laughs> does any does anybody else believe that the eighty three million dollar million dollar defamation suit here uh, or judgment here uh, in in the case where he is found liable uh, for sexual assault? Does anybody believe that that? Um, can help him or only continue to hurt him with women. I don't, it's I don't, hurt. I don't think it's... Well, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I, I would say, like, there's no way it helps. Yeah. It's got to hurt. It's just another... Okay. It adds to the mountain of evidence that the guy <clears throat> is fundamentally dishonest, uh, a crook, 
a con man, has no place anywhere near government, embarrassment to the Republican Party, and, you know, an embarrassment to the Republic. It, and, it, and a six from the Russian judge. I mean, look, I've, I've been on this show often enough, and from the very beginning of Trump riding down the escalator, I've been anti-Trump yeah, relative, relative to being a, a, a you know, voting, voting Republican, if not necessarily calling myself a Republican all the time. They're, they're clearly the least dangerous option at this point, and that includes with Donald Trump in there as, as little as I like him. I mean, look, Trump is a, a bore of a human being, you know, probably not a very nice person. Uh, he's got tons and tons of women supporting him uh, who are conservative women, and he's never going to get the support of liberal women or single women uh, and, and this kind of stuff and uh, because of this kind of stuff. And it, it just doesn't matter. The, the verdict is more free advertising for Donald Trump. Yeah. And it, so it is mostly a wash. And, um, you know, as far as the as far as law and order, I mean, it's like a New York jury convicted him. Well, that's a surprise. I wonder how Joe Biden would do in a in a Ames, Iowa, you know, conviction. If anybody had a civil case to bring against him, then they could. But the idea that Donald Trump is a victim when anyone can see starting with his Trump University was a $25 million yeah. verdict for stealing We're not from people. talking about Trump. Public, Especially, public I would just already, say this. The public already voted on that. Well, sure. I would say this. In the middle of a contested Republican primary, yeah. it's well past time for the party of Abraham Lincoln, Honest Abe, to shed this con man from their ranks and pick somebody else who isn't a felon. With ninety-one, is it convictions? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else here that's going to stand up and say I'm for Nikki Haley? I'd rather have her be the nominee. Yeah. So would I. Okay, so, we so got two I. people. Uh, but if she makes it to the Illinois primary, I don't think yeah, she will. I, I don't. I, don't, I mean, yeah. look, I was I'm a I was a DeSantis guy. I mean, he's uh, yeah, I on, too. Uh, on no. paper, he's more conservative than Trump any day of the week, and. You know, all the Trump bozos calling him a rhino and all that other nonsense. I mean, that you know, those people deserve a, a, a spanking, if nothing, if, so, if not something worse. But the fact is that this is who we're going to nominate. Well, I hope and, not. And, well, I hope, I hope not. not either. But he only I got two in. Like, he only got half the vote in Iowa. Only half. This idea that he's like, eh, this guy's yeah. a freight train. He I only got half. Well, yeah. I, um, I, I agree with you. And I think it's deplorable that the Republican Party, um, uh, the Changed your name, the, 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 McDaniel, Rona McDaniel, Yeah, she said the race is over. It's not. That, 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 that's what she said. It's, I hope that's Nikki wins. Deplorable. That's great for, for the, the country. If, if, if somebody else say, wins the primary, that. great for the country, great for the republic, great for the Republican Party. But you're not I just, in charge. You don't. You don't have a con man. Yeah. And a felon running the show. Do, do you know who the only presidential candidate who in history? Who won Iowa and then New Hampshire? Donald Trump. This, this party belongs to Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, we'll let uh, Dan uh, think about that when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont from Coast to Coast and Border to Border. More on the race between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, and also the possibility of a third option. Thank you.
Visit Dennis Prager. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Mike Gallagher and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you don't want to miss. Register today before it's too late at StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Come on back, and uh, we continue. And uh, Chris Peronis, I want to I want to tell you, ask everybody, uh, you're for Nikki Haley, but you weren't for Nikki Haley from the beginning, but you are now. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. I I think, um, um, I mean, the polls show that she would beat Joe Biden, um, and I think she's um, staked her ground really well, and uh, I I think she represents the kind of conservative that I identify with, but it could also appeal to a general election electorate. What do, to, what, to what extent is her um, poor showing in her home state, yeah. does it make you think twice about her? 
or yeah, does it I, make you think twice about um, it? I happen to think that uh, Nikki Haley will drop out before the South Carolina primary because okay. I just think it would be humiliating for her to lose by a 20, 30% um, point spread. So, I, I, I mean, all, to answer your question, um, all, all this to say the party belongs to Donald Trump, yeah. and, and that's like that's pretty crystal clear. But, but it, it is odd that, that so many political leaders in South Carolina do not like her. Um, but it makes me think, and I haven't, I haven't seen the national <coughs> media, yeah. you know, look into why. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. There know, was wait, a, go ahead. There was a great long article by Tim Alberta and Politico when he wrote Politico. Mm, yeah. And um, uh, a great profile of her. And one of the things that jumped out about me, uh, about her to me, is that she was a ruthless political operator. And that, that's actually something yeah. Republican primary voters actually want in the candidate. Yeah. She hasn't really shown that side. But I, I wonder if she had. If she did, I mean, this is all counterfactual, right? But, but um, th then people would have identified her with someone who could take it to the other side. Well, let me, let me push back on in this inevitability thing. Because mm -hmm. it's, what, like three, four weeks at least yeah. until Super Tuesday. That's what most European elections are run on. Yeah. And as we all know, that's an eternity in politics. Yeah, that's in March. And there's a real opportunity for independents and Republicans to say, we don't need to tolerate Donald Trump in 24. There's a viable candidate who is, you know, all the good good attributes. The idea that just because he's leading today that he owns the party or that the MAGA base is with him or that he's bullying his way in, I don't buy it. And especially now for the next 30, 45, 60 days, there's an opportunity to rid the republic of the threat of an authoritarian. Does it does it though going back to <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> going going back to West going back to uh, South Carolina and going back to what everybody brings up is that all the, the political establishment in the state is against her. Yeah. And I'm just saying is between now and the end and end of the uh, this this month with the primary in South Carolina, Republican primary, I'm, I'm wondering whether the national media is going to dig deep and find out why, because. Again, if she's a two-term governor, she's crossed some of those what? local political leaders. She does have the situation where the person that she appointed, yeah. Tim Scott, is yeah. not endorsing yeah. her. Now, to me, <clears throat> I want to know more about that, but I want to hear that from Tim Scott. Because I, I think that's, to me, I question Tim Scott turning his back on someone that gave him an opportunity. That's the way I read it. Well, she, but again, she, also, she mentioned today in one of the on Meet the Press that, uh, you know, the, the, per, the governor of the state now is someone that she beat in a gubernatorial primary. So there may, there may be a long, you know, w w w there may be a long list of reasons why she is not liked by them. But it may be just a good old story of she outpoliticked them. Yeah, she's a better exactly. politician than them, she, and and yet and yet this is viewed as somehow uh, as a negative that she can't win her home state. Yeah, Maybe well, she was really good for her home state, and a lot of people weren't along for the ride. Yeah. And the other thing, again, which I haven't heard people say, is the one of the things that I think 
is known by some, but maybe not known by many. She's the person that said, take down the Confederate flag and put it in a museum. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. that there's not a lot of people in South Carolina that did not like that verdict, did not like that decision. Well, okay, but that just makes her more palatable for the rest of the country. But the but point not is, for, but, but, but that, not for South Carolina. Yeah, but uh, you see, a lot of that, Bruce, is, is inside baseball. That I mean, look, Marco Rubio lost to Donald Trump in 2016 in his own home state. Trump beats people in their own home states, with the exception of Kasich. I was a Kasich. Um, Alternate delegate, by the way, in uh, in 2016, um, but the uh, you know Kasich won Ohio, and that was it. But Trump beats everybody in their own home state because he's Donald Trump, and he you know Dan's haranguing notwithstanding, the guy is a savant of sorts when it comes to how he plays and does and works politics, and whether it's right or wrong that. That it's, Trump's, uh, that, that it's Trump's party right now. And, and I'd love to see somebody. I hope DeSantis would stay in just in case one of Trump's convictions would, would get him out of the race somehow or we'd have an aneurysm or something like that. But, the, but you know, that's not happening. So I would hope Haley stays in for no other reason than something might happen with Donald Trump before the convention. The other thing that's out there is that you have a group called No Labels, and they're basically saying that because the vast majority of people that have been polled have said they don't want a rerun of Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, that there is, there's, a, there's an attitude, there's, there's an opportunity out there for a third option, a no labels. And again, this is, uh, they've, been, they've been raising money and they've been talking about this for uh, you know, well over a year and a half. Joe Manchin, who is mentioned as a possible candidate of the no labels party, he was out last week getting quite a bit of publicity uh, going on the stump. Uh, because he chose not to run for re-election in West Virginia. But again, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Dan Webb, one of the leading attorneys in the United States, longtime Republican. And he is a volunteer for the No Labels effort. And when, he come, when we come back, he's going to talk about the nuts and bolts of that organization, what they're up to, and who are they considering. Is Joe Manchin, is he the only guy? We'll hear that conversation with Dan Webb when we come back on Beyond the Beltway, I'm Bruce Dubois. back. Uh, this is our number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Uh, in this uh, segment of our show, we're going to be joined by a special guest. He is Dan Webb. He is one of the most noted uh, attorneys in the United States. Longtime activist in Illinois Republican politics. He was appointed to be the United States Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois by President Ronald Reagan and was also involved in his election and re-election re efforts. And again, he is a volunteer now with the No Labels organization, which is thinking about offering a, a third option to people when they go to the polls in November. Uh, he's also a longtime friend of mine. Dan, nice to have you back on Beyond the Beltway. It's been a while. It's been a while, and Bruce, very nice to see you. It's been a few years since we really had a chance to talk, so it's nice 
Nice to talk to you again. Very good. I want to talk about, for those that don't know too much about no labels or maybe just have you know read about it in the paper briefly, tell us a little bit about what uh, the, the background of the organization and how you became involved. Well, here, the, the background is no labels has been around for many years, uh, has been devoted to trying to have an impact on the extraordinary partisan nature of government in the United States in the last many years, where at least most of us that are heavily involved in no labels believes government in many cases is literally paralyzed because of the partisanship on both both major parties uh, in Congress. And no labels has worked really hard in the last many years to create uh, efforts inside Congress to, uh, to end that. They were responsible for the the Problem Solvers Conference, et cetera. And um, so No Labels has been actively involved. About a, about 15 months ago, No Labels started a very special project, and that was to get ballot access so that we can get the ballot access and have a line, a ballot line, if we want to, to give to uh, someone to run for president and vice president that would be an alternative choice to Biden and Trump. We did that because we discovered from polling that 65% of the American public do not want a rematch of Biden and Trump. And the one thing they really want, Bruce, they want somebody to, to give them a choice. So they, they, may, they, they may decide they don't want that choice. They may decide to stick with the Democratic or Republican Party, which is perfectly fine with no labels. But a large number of people want another choice, and we want to give it to them. Now, I mentioned uh, your your background as a Republican. You're a very active Republican in the uh, Illinois, the state of Illinois, and have been mentioned for uh, running for office a numerous times over the last 30-plus years. But my question to you, if we were to look at the, uh, the, the structure of no labels, would there be— uh, would there be a goodly number of Democrats that would also be involved in this? We know, at least if you've read it, uh, you know that uh, Connecticut Senator Joe Lieberman is also a high visibility Democrat. But uh, is it is there a good balance between Republicans and Democrats in the structure of the group? Oh, absolutely. In fact, when I got involved in no labels, that's what impressed me, quite frankly. And, and by the way, yes, Bruce, I've been identified with the Republican Party, but a lot of articles. I give a lot of money to Republicans and Democrats and independents because I have not been just devoted to one party, although right. I clearly have been identified with the Republican Party. What has impressed me about no labels is that, yes, we are a mix of Republicans, Democrats, and independents, all of whom, though, are focused on the issue of let's try to do something in this country to end the extreme partisanship on both sides of the aisle in Congress, because um, I lost my headphones here, because we um, uh, we don't want to deny people a choice of finding people that can solve problems in a nonpartisan way, particularly at the level of president and vice president. At this moment in time, Dan, how many uh, states will you have access uh, to the ballot? How successful have you been thus far? Well, we been very successful. We are on the ballot. I think it's 15 states right now. We're uh, getting on the ballot in many more states. And uh, when, and by the way, there are some states, though, that if we decide to go forward with a ticket, uh, that ticket will have to complete getting on the ballot because there are certain states where because of timing 
and you have to actually have a candidate where the, the candidates will have to go ahead and get on the ballot, but that's really not going to be a big problem. Uh, Ross Perot was the last person that really did this with any degree of sincerity, um, and, uh, um, uh, and, and he, in 1992, uh, he wasn't even started getting on the ballot until I think it was March, mm -hmm. and he had all the ballot positions done by August, and so it's not going to, we, we are going to give someone a head start. Now I can Whoever, I can we, I, I I can see that uh, organized Republicans and organized Democrats, at least at the the national level, really would not like this idea because they they don't know where you're where you're taking votes from. And my question to you is, uh, what are the Republicans doing to keep you at bay? And we know there, there's been recent publicity that the Democrats have gone out of their way to try to, to, to squash your ideas. And uh, they've even gone to court, I believe, to try to keep you off ballots. Yeah, there's a concerted effort by uh, groups associated with the Democratic Party to uh, prevent no labels from ever having a candidate. Uh, that The act actions by Republicans have not been quite as organized, although we absolutely expect that they will because no. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party, Bruce, they don't want any competition. They want mm -hmm. to believe that those politics and government in the United States has to belong to Republicans and Democrats. And that's just ridiculous. That's not the law. And, and it hasn't always been that way in the history of this country. And right now, if there's ever been a time in our democracy for a third party to run candidates for president and vice president, uh, look, when we do our polling, when you, it's never been this high when you've got 65 or 70% of the American public wants a different choice. My position has been, why in the devil would we deny them that right? What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. I mean, why, for example, why are all these democratic organizations so paranoid that we should not have a choice out there? It's you mean okay. The, you, once you, we, mean the, you mean the organizations that are crying about democracy? Yes, those organizations that scream and yell about democracy, they don't want democracy. They want a monopoly inside democracy. Mm -hmm. That's what they want, and that's just wrong. And that's, at least in my judgment, and by the way, it's okay once we get a, if we get a ballot going and we build up momentum, it's okay for people to fight us, okay? Because, but they can't fight us in getting on the ballot. How much? They cannot we got it. We have a right to get on the ballot. When I when I come back, I, I want to find out, spend a little more time on finding out, you know, where your funding is coming from. And I guess the bigger, broader question would be: is once you know what that funding is, are you going to be in a position to seed a candidate uh, for president and vice president, or do they have to go out and raise? additional funds other than what you have raised or what you might give to them. I want to know a little bit more about the nuts and bolts and also about some of the personalities uh, involved in your effort. And I've got three guests here in Chicago, all political animals. They're chomping at the bit. They've got a few questions as well. We're talking with Dan Webb, a volunteer with no labels, one of the country's leading attorneys. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. 
We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, visit surroundchicago.com right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Visit surroundchicago.com today. In the new video series, Fault Lines, Professor Vody Bauckham examines the threat of woke social doctrine versus biblical justice. The religion of anti-racism has no redemption. We have to be right about what God requires in this critical moment. Discover the fault lines beneath today's cultural divide. What God are you trying to appease? Fault Lines, the 10-part video series and essential six-part study guide. Available at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Yeah, that's good. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, before we introduce our guests who want to ask a question of Dan uh, Webb, Dan, as I want to pick your brain because, as I mentioned, you're one of the leading lawyers in the United States. Uh, in the last segment, we talked about the $83 million defamation judgment against Donald Trump. Uh, in cases like that, does he really have to pay that much or is that negotiated? I mean, that sounds like even if he is as rich as we think he is, that's a big hit. You know, it's interesting about that hit, though. The ju- that jury was a great jury. And let me tell you why. Under the law, that that $83 million, I think $18 million was in what's called compensatory damages. 
and the remainder was in punitive damages. There's a famous Supreme Court opinion called the State Farm case where if they, 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 they will give a remitter and reduce damages if the, if the relationship between compensatory damages and punitives is more than four or five to one. This jury hits a sweet spot. This comes out to about three to one, between three to one to four to one. I believe if this, there's nothing that's going to cause, I see nothing that will cause this verdict to be reversed. I see nothing that will cause it to be what they call uh, remitted. Um, and it's going to get affirmed on appeal and he's going to pay $83 million. That's just, that's, and by the way, when you think about what he did during that trial, all of us as trial lawyers, we coach our clients. My God, the one thing you're not going to do in front of a jury is to show anger or irritation or make a fool of yourself. Why Donald Trump walked out of the courtroom in the middle of closing argument by his opponent is beyond human comprehension. He guaranteed to give that jury reasons to punish him severely. And yet they, they, they modified their behavior, the jurors did, they came in with a reasonable award of about three to four to one, and it's going to be upheld on appeal, and he's going to pay 83 million bucks. Wow. One follow-up, I do have to ask it, but it, in, in your legal opinion, if Donald Trump is elected after he has been convicted, can he serve as president of the United States? Yes, I believe that he can serve as president of the United States. Um, in fact, as far as I know, uh even if he were in prison, um, he could yeah. end up serving as president of the United oh. States. So that's, I, I know that's a hard thing in our democracy to comprehend, right. um, but that's, yeah, the worst, that's I mean, with the, the law. The, the, but, the point is, the worst case scenario could really be a real life scenario. Well, but he could, and, he, I, he I could be elected running the running government this, from the prison. This is, question. By the way, let, let me introduce Chris Veronis. Uh, he is a, one of our Republican guests this evening, and uh, he's got a question or comment for you, Dan. And sure. just Hi, Chris. really quick, Dan, it's great to have you on the show. Um, just on this on this point that we're yeah. talking about, uh, Dan, it, um, he could be convicted. He could even be imprisoned and still uh, serve as president. But wouldn't he put in an attorney general who would throw out these cases? And, well, and that's Chris. That's well. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you no, and, and that's the question. question. Okay, Chris. Yes, uh, but the question was, if worst case scenario, he's convicted of some of these crimes and he's put in jail, would he be disqualified under the Constitution of the United States? We don't have any. There's no requirement. That uh, that he has to be uh, no conviction of felonies. Yeah. He, so he he can go to jail and still serve. In the real world, he will certainly search for an attorney general yeah. who will give him a pardon from all of the federal crimes. His problem could be, at least I had been saying, Chris, till recently, that Georgia case is a problem for him because that case uh, he's going to be convicted of Georgia felonies. Uh, and that cannot, uh, he cannot uh, get that, uh, 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 it, they can't uh, wipe that conviction out under federal law. Although now, that's, a, maybe that's another mess now we have in Georgia. 
yeah. as far as the prosecutor's conduct, and maybe that's for another right. day, Bruce. Yeah. So, so my, my, uh, go ahead, Chris. Do you have a question about on no, no labels. labels? Yeah. Dan, what is your counter argument to the spoiler argument that no labels gets all the time? That you would tip the balance either in favor for Trump or for Biden? Uh, that, Chris, that's a great question. In fact, one of the things when about seven, eight months ago, when I started really getting involved in this uh, activity of no labels by getting on the ballot and offering people a choice, I was very concerned about that because I know that at least people, I'm just speak for myself, but many, many others, we don't want to be a spoiler. What I, I have come to believe and learn is that the data that we have right now gives me a lot of assurance that if we run a moderate candidate that appears to be independent uh, and not partisanship on one side or the other, that we will, we're drawing votes equally from Trump and Biden. Now, the Democrats, for some reason, are claiming now that we're going to draw more votes from uh, Biden and not from Trump. And I don't know where they're getting their data from. I just don't. Obviously, it's going to depend on what candidates we run, but I have been very heartened by the fact that we're drawing candidates from both parties in a fairly equal way, which is why, Chris, I'm still comfortable going forward based on where things are right now. Bruno Berend uh, joins us. He's a conservative commentator. Go ahead, Bruno. Uh, so, Dan, I I'm a big fan of the no labels concept. I'm kind of teasing you guys a little bit for taking so long to put a candidate on, which I think you probably could have done a while back. But I, I there's like... The, the, I love the idea of a third party, and I love the idea of more competition in American politics. The problem, there you got a bunch of problems. The the largest of which is the electoral college. The idea that you the the idea that you can pull thirty six to thirty eight percent of the vote for your candidate and beat Trump and Biden in this election makes some sense, but. All of any no labels, any third party, any independent candidate has to have a strategy of and 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 the, the question answers itself the moment you ask it. Where are you going to get two hundred and seventy votes? And the answer is, I think, and I'm not trying to be hard on you guys here, and I'm still for you guys putting somebody out there um, because we need the competition regardless. But where are you going to get two hundred and seventy votes? And once you ask the question, you're like, okay. The only op the only thing you can do is you have a strategy where you have to win some states from the Republicans and you have to win some states from the Democrats so that you throw the election into the House and Senate um, because that's the only way your candidate's ever going to get to be president okay. first time out. Let's let him respond. Dan Webb. Well, Bruno, first of all, that's a great question. Uh, I will tell you this, that I have been assured by people that are a lot smarter than I am about the political uh, world we live in, that we see, we, we have already made up our mind that if we don't think we can get elected, we're not going to give the ballot to anybody. We're just not. We, we're in this to win. And I've seen a lot of data. I will tell you, I'm not going to get into a lot of inside baseball about our private discussions and no labels, but I'm seeing the data that's, that satisfies me that we can get to the 270 level and not throw it into the House and Senate, which we're not looking to do. Uh, I know that there's folks that think that's going to be hard to do, but I there's a lot of good people that are 
we're consulting with, and I think we can get it done. But I will also tell you that I think a lot, I don't want to speak for all of No Labels, but all the people that I've been working with in No Labels, we're, we, electability is critical. We're not doing this to go through the exercise. We only want to do this if we think we can have a path to victory. And right now, at least based on the data I'm seeing, I think we can. I know there's some that think it's going to be difficult, and I respect your thoughts about that, Bruno, but we think we can do it. Is it possible under the current laws, should Nikki Haley fail to win the Republican nomination, could she be a possible candidate for no labels? Well, there's there's some laws in the country, Bruce, called the sore loser laws yes. mm-hmm. that, that apply. Um, and um, I there's, there, there's all kinds of issues here because uh, you could challenge those laws but it would take a long time to challenge those laws. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for my friend Chris Christie, as an example. I don't think I don't think he could probably do it, and I don't think that that Nikki Haley could do it. I think the sore loser laws are going to be a barrier. There's there could be people that disagree with me on that, and there's constitutional lawyers that have told me that we could go in and challenge those laws, but mm-hmm. I'm skeptical of that happening, and so. Um, that's the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Okay, because again, she she would be coming from the Republican Party, but she would be joining your group, your party. So I guess that would be one argument I would make. But again, you're saying there'd be a lot of a, a lot of legal ease, a lot of legal activity that would have to take place and be successful for Nikki Haley to end up as a candidate uh, for either president or vice president on the no labels ticket. And again, there's, yeah, I think uh, actually the Bruce, that's true. I think she actually could run for vice president. I think the sore loser laws okay. apply okay. to the presidency. Okay. I, I haven't studied. I haven't. Okay. No got, labels has lawyers that are advising them on that. Okay. Uh, but in any event, I think it's an uphill battle for anybody such as say Chris Christie or, or Nikki Haley to end up as a candidate for president on a third party. Okay, but again, you, what I'm hearing you say is it could be that they would be eligible to run for vice president. I think that's the case. Okay. Uh, don't don't take me to court on that. I won't I take you to court. I won't. I won't. <laughs> count, I won't. I will not quote you, Counselor. But we do have other guests here. They have questions for you as well. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine is our phone number. If you have questions for Dan Webb, and we're talking specifically tonight about no labels and the effort to have a third choice. Do you like that idea or not? Give us a buzz. In the new video series, Fault Lines, Professor Vody Bonkham examines the threat of woke social doctrine versus biblical justice. The religion of anti-racism has no redemption. We have to be right about what God requires in this critical moment. Discover the fault lines beneath today's cultural divide. What God are you trying to appease? 
Fault Lines, the 10-part video series and essential six-part study guide. Available at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, visit SurroundChicago.com. Remember to visit SurroundChicago.com today. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. I'm, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont Packett, we're talking with Dan Webb, who is a volunteer with No Labels. We're talking about the third-party effort uh, this come November. And uh, Dan Johnson joins us. Uh, he is a Democrat, longtime Democrat from the North Shore of Chicago. He's got a question for you, Dan. Hi, Dan. Pleasure to meet you. Hey, Dan. Nice to meet you. Um, hey, so John B. Anderson was a personal friend of mine and my first political hero, and he spawned a lot of good constitutional litigation. I actually wrote some papers about it in law school, so I'd encourage you to take a look at some some First Amendment challenges to those sore loser laws. But my, my question is, um, for folks that are uh, really worried about a, a Trump-Biden rematch and hopefully a little bit more worried about Trump on the ballot, you know, there's an open primary process happening right now, and there's a, a path to have not a rematch. So my, my question for you, especially as someone who's been involved in Republican politics in a big way in the past, is wouldn't it make a lot of sense for the no-labels movement 
which, by the way, I like third and fourth parties. I like independents. I think we need ranked choice voting. I spent a number of years lobbying for that cause uh, here in Illinois. Ralph Nader supporter. Barack Obama filed a bill for instant runoff voting, which we used to call it because I begged him in his office in Springfield and he reluctantly did it. But uh, wouldn't this be the time right now for folks that don't want a Trump-Biden rematch to be flooding the Republican primaries, independents, Republicans, and Democrats, and say we ought to have somebody who isn't a felon, who isn't a crook, so that we don't have that rematch? And if that doesn't work out by the end of Super Tuesday, well, then maybe that's the right time to think about a November strategy. What what would you say about that, Dan? Well, Dan, uh, no labels, by the way, just so you understand, and you maybe do understand, it's a 501c4 uh, uh, corporation. Uh, we we actually we cannot actually support or campaign for any candidate or against any candidate. All no labels can do is to go out and spend money and effort and time to get ballot access, and then we can give that ballot line to a to a unity ticket that we might decide to give it to. But once that happens, even no labels. Uh, cannot uh, itself as a 501c start going out campaigning for that ticket. So right now, no labels can't jump into the Republican primary and become an advocate uh, for or against any candidate because they're not allowed to do that. Now, I will say that if we decide to go forward and and we do have a unity ticket and we've set forth a choice, a unity ticket, the no labels donors, there will be a path that's set up so that we can, we being no labels folks, can contribute money to a pack that will be a, we think a big head start for uh, our, our the, the ticket that runs, but no labels itself cannot campaign for any candidate anywhere. How about you then? And other folks that are more uh, Republican leaning to, to lean in hard for somebody besides Trump to win that nomination. I agree with you, Dan. I'm going to tell you a story. Please. My story is what happened. Chris Christie and his wife came to Chicago a few, I don't know, three or four months ago. I admired them both. Uh, I consider them friends. I sat down in a room and they wanted a big check. And I said, all right, let's talk about that. I want to make sure is Chris Christie going to spend his time doing what other candidates are not doing? Will he tell the truth? He did. About Donald, about, and he did. Yes, he did. He? Yes, he did. He Absolutely. Did. He lived up to, he earned every dime that I contributed to him, okay, and a lot of other people because he had the guts and the courage to do it. I wish, I wish Nikki Haley had started sooner. Uh, that's, I, look, I, I don't create the world out there, Dan. But I hear you. I, I hear you. I don't, I want people to tell the truth to the American public about Donald Trump. Look, let me tell you another story, Dan. Please. The reason, the reason I'm involved with no labels, this is, I've been a, I have been a lifelong Republican, although I will support people across the aisle because of my, and I have done so. In 2016, I watched him come down the escalator, and then I waited, and I waited for several months, and I was supporting him. And when I saw him start to attack and disparage African Americans, Hispanics, women, and even handicapped people, I think I came to a rational choice that I'm not staying with this party and support him. I'm not doing it. I actually I actually gave a large contribution to Hillary Clinton and supported her 
because while I did not agree with all her policies, a lot of them, I believe she was better qualified to be president of the United States than someone who had done the things that I saw Donald Trump do. Yeah. I thought he was going to destroy democracy. Yeah. And you know, I want to know what I may have been partially right. Let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, so anyway, I, I did not think Donald Trump should be president of the United States. And I did, there's not any amount of loyalty to the Republican party that would affect my judgment that he should not be president. I appreciate it. To, to clarify what you said, Dan, I want to make sure that I heard it clearly because you're a 501 C three, four, you do not have a pot of money that you can give to entice someone to run uh, on the ticket, either as president or vice president. But you have plans to set up a PAC that will raise money for that ticket. So my question to you is, if I am a candidate thinking of joining your ticket, there's no amount of money that you can promise me you're going to deliver. It's going to be whatever happens. But if you're sitting on a nice little, you know, a bank account as a group, you're not, that's not going to help me at all. And you're going to ask me or expect from me to be able to go out and become a 24 hour a day fundraiser for my own effort. And Oh, by the way, along the way, uh, a pack for no labels will chip in some money, but you can't promise an amount to me, right? Well, yeah, the answer is yes. The answer to your question is, is yes. No labels uh, cannot uh, do that, and we're not doing it. Uh, however, no labels has financed through its donors and made an enormous effort to get on the ballot. Right. And, and, and that is a, I respectfully think that's a huge benefit Right. to anyone that wants to run for president. Bobby Kennedy right now, who gets a lot of attention, I think he's on two ballots. I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not inside his campaign, but mm-hmm. listen, it takes a lot of effort to get on the ballot, okay? Right. We are doing that for this candidate. Whatever this ticket turns out to be, if we do it, that's a huge benefit. But yes, I hope if we go forward, we do come forward with a unity ticket and the American public says, wow, that is a choice. They did give me a choice and I like that choice and they will have to go out and raise money. That ticket's going to have to raise money. I have mentioned though, that a lot of the donors who have financed no labels would probably be willing to contribute to a pack, which I think would have significant value to that candidate but that can't; those candidates, they have to go out and 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 do it. And if you pick the right candidates and they have the right uh, background and skills and ability, I, I don't think raising the money is going to be a huge problem. The the name that is most closely associated with the no labels effort is Senator Manchin of West Virginia. Now, when I read about what he's doing. And I see him in press conferences and and at stumps along the United States along the way, as I did last week. Um, is he arranging those? Is no labels arranging those? Uh, is it a mistake to think that Joe Manchin has a leg up to be on a ticket sponsored by no labels? Well, yeah, that would be a look. 
we have a process inside No Labels that we're following right now where we, No Labels, is going to select and, and, and come up with a unit. If we decide to go forward, we may decide to kill it because we can't win or we'll be a spoiler. But if we decide to go forward, we will go forward and uh, come up with what we think will be a very strong ticket to go forward. Uh, when we do that, though, that ticket, like right now, for example, we have not made a decision. And by the way, I do know Joe Manchin. And because of my commitment to nonpartisan government, I happen to be an admirer of Joe Manchin. Mm-hmm. I, I Politically, I think he showed a lot of courage. Yes, he did. I really do. A lot of people disagree with that. That's fine. I, but he does not have a leg up and no labels. We are going, we're going through a process. Where we're going to select what we believe to be the best candidates for the president and vice presidency, whether they be Democratic, Republican, or Independent. Uh, and uh, if Joe and Joe Manchin, by the way, though, is someone that if you just ask me, as one person at No Labels, he would be somebody that. I certainly believe is, is is someone who could be a good candidate, mm-hmm. but we're, we're we have a group of people that's following a process, uh, and we're in the process of evaluating candidates uh, and trying to make the right decision to come up with the best ticket for no labels. And we don't nobody has a leg up. Is it a convention? So again, just just to just to confirm then that when when I when I see him making public speeches and and traveling. He's doing that on his own dime. He's not doing that with any input at all from no labels. And it's just the media that sort of picks up the association between him and no labels. And that's their, that's, that's their perception, but not your reality. Yeah. Joe Manchin is paying his own way with doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. No labels is not funding okay. or sponsoring that. Okay. We've got to pause right now. We have one more segment to go. We do have some callers on the line and also more questions from our guests in studio. Uh, Dan Johnson and Chris Veronis and Bruno Barron. I'm Bruce Dumont. We're talking with Dan Webb, who's a volunteer for No Labels. He's giving us, uh, I think, good insight tonight. And we'll be back shortly with your calls. Like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, visit surroundchicago.com. Remember to visit surroundchicago.com today. Uh Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. (laughs) Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we continue. This is our last segment of the broadcast, and Dan uh, Webb continues with us. And Dan Johnson here in the studio, he's got a question for the other Dan. Dan, I really appreciate the conversation. Just wanted to ask, uh, who is the they in No Labels that decides whom to nominate, and how is that vote uh, you know, structured? There's a... <clears throat> There's a selection process that's been agreed upon inside No Labels uh, where we're doing uh, an evaluation of all candidates. Uh, we're measuring them. Um, no Labels has a publication called Common Sense, which it published some time ago, which is our, it's our Bible about nonpartisan government. And so we're obviously judging candidates by our history of being committed to candidates that are committed to nonpartisan governance. Uh, and so, but yes, at some point there will be a decision made and exactly the process that no labels, no labels at some point is going to announce the procedure that they followed and how they're doing it. They have not done that yet. Okay. I'm just one volunteer, so I'm not going to get into the details. Okay. So is it are, you con okay. are you concerned, however, that the perception might be uh, that this is a bunch of people in a room, unknown, maybe all have some money uh, that they've thrown into the effort, and uh, it's going to happen in this closed room, and they're never going to, the public's never going to know. Is that a concern that well, you have about that perception? I don't have that concern because I kind of know who the people are that are okay. involved, and they, they cut across a lot of, a lot of the demographics, okay, just, I'll just say that. And so, no, it's not going to be three white, rich people in a room making a decision. That's not what's happening. Okay. Dan, um, it's Chris Veronis. Um, could you share as Dan Webb, private citizen, not Dan Webb, 
principle of no labels, who your dream ticket would be. Um, you might you might nudge them out of their indecision. <laughs> well, Chris, that's I think that's a fair question, but the answer to your question is no. I'm not going to do that, and I'll uh, tell you why. <laughs> I, I, I had I, to I, ask because it'll be a headline. I had to ask because it'll be a headline tomorrow. <laughs> no, and it, and right, it's not fair to the process that we're undergoing. I'm one of number of people that are involved and uh, we have to let that process play itself out and we're not playing favorites and I don't have any favorites right now what is what is the uh, what is the deadline because obviously you have states uh, uh, they have filing deadlines to be on the ballot and you have to continue to go and and do the legal work to get them on the ballot whoever they may be Uh, but uh, uh, what's your deadline when do you have to know who your candidates are well, we don't have any. We haven't like set up a red light and said this date is the deadline. But generally, based on what's happened in the past, we want to stay active in getting the ticket. We want we've got to we want to keep working and getting ballot access because once we select the candidates, no labels can no longer support that ticket because we're going to have to turn the ballot access over to the candidates. Right. So we want to work as that's number one. But number two is that. Uh, Look, Nikki Haley is in this race, and she said she's going to stay in the race. And I, for one, have believed very strongly she has every right to carry this out the way she sees fit Mm -hmm. and let voters make a choice. Amen. And so it's not going to be after Super Tuesday, which I think is on March 6th. Clearly, we're going to have to wait till after March 6th because we've always said we want to let this thing play out. So we're kind of certain as to who the uh, who's going to be in the general election. And I don't think anyone should try to conclude that before you get more primaries done. But somewhere after when you get out into mid-March, roughly in that time frame, I, I don't have an exact date in mind. But that would be something that uh, from a timing standpoint uh, would, would make sense based on just common sense and giving us a chance to continue to get ballot ballot access. When you say nonpartisan ticket, I think of someone that has come out of either the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, and they have a record because they are an elected official somewhere, someplace, or have been. Um, now, to me, uh, that doesn't necessarily preclude someone who is not coming out of the elective system. They could be a CEO, they could be a minister, they could be a doctor, they could be someone other than a politician. Is is that the way you view the process of selecting the ticket, that they're not all going to be you know, politicians whose name we would know? You know here, let me answer that with a, first of all, we have not put any limit on who should be considered. And I, I agree with you that People who come from backgrounds of, of business, education, other other back other forms of life, uh, that, that, that they don't have to have been career politicians. Number two, um, there are people though that have had enormous amount of, of both congressional or legislative and executive experience in government, and we're obviously not going to ignore that. And those who have had a lot of experience in government. We are looking at their backgrounds and their accomplishments and what they've supported and not supported over the years and sometimes decades. 
because, as I said, no labels has published this publication called Common Sense, which is based on our commitment to nonpartisan government to try to work for the people and not work for yourself inside a party. If people uh, want a so copy have, of that, people want a copy of that, uh, Dan, how do they get it? This common sense. No labels. No labels will give it to you. It's public record. Uh, okay. you, you can have it. Okay. Bruno Barron, we got 30 seconds left. Uh, well, I don't have, have 15 I, seconds. I don't have time to ask you a question. So I'm just going to say, Dan, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm very much behind what you guys are doing, but you're suffering from finger in the wind, dipping toes in the water, um, Mitt Romneyism, and you're just you're you're kind of like flailing around. Put somebody on the ballot, get them out and running, and stop thinking about all the stuff and makes things happen. Okay. Be bold. Thank you. Okay. Well, we've got to. Dan, thank you very much. A little bombshell right there at the end from one of our guests. But thank you very much for being with us for the full hour. Our guests also, Bruno Barron and Dan Johnson and Chris Peronis. Thank you very much. Uh, Fritz Goldman helped make this program possible. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. <laughs>